Well, we're in First John, just that one verse there, in verse 3 of chapter 1. <clears throat> Finishing off also just a little bit of the last verse as well. We're in First John, chapter 3. And verse 3, in concluding the thought on the Lord coming from verse 28 of chapter 2, says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So we'll be looking at this tonight, the purity that comes from knowing the Lord's coming soon. And um, if ever as a generation should be pure, it's, it's us, because it's so evident that this is about to happen. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing as we think through these thoughts tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that it challenges us to walk holy lives, to walk separated lives, to walk sanctified lives, Lord, set apart. Our Lord, that you'd give us the strength through understanding your word and by the Holy Spirit to be those people you want us to be and you would find us faithful when you come. Bless, Lord, the, this thought and the contents of these passages tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> we looked at the prospect reserved for believers and been there for a time. There's a reason. Oh, there's a reality. The reason is last. Reality, a restriction. The reason is we are the sons of God. The restriction, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know the revelation when we see him, we shall be like him, and we looked at that last week, and then the reason we shall for we shall see him as he is. First um, <clears throat> Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse nine, and this is the the passage on love, and down at the verse 12 and 13, it says, well, verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I become a man, I put away childish things. Remember who he's talking to, the Corinthians? Remember the troubles and problems I had? Yes. <laughs> and all the contentions and divisions and uh, childish things that were getting tangled up with. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. That's why I chose that song there tonight now I know in part but then I shall know even as I am also known now abide a faith hope and love the greatest of these is love but verse 12 there saying then face to face and many commentators say that it's picking up with when the word of God has come and is given and we have it now as the canon of scripture then we can see him face to face in the word. We can. But there is a day in which one day, bang, we'll see him face to face on death or his coming. And uh, <clears throat> it should be one that makes us love, as it's given instruction in those verses there, and hope and look forward to his coming. Um, <clears throat> Job had this thought and uh, with contentions. I'm just reading through Job. I'm just a bit past this verse in chapter 19, verse 25 and 26. 
where it says there, and my chapter 19, oh, no, look at 19, 19, 20, 25. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. This is a long time ago, almost 4,000 years, a little bit less than that, that Job said that, that in the latter day, stand upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my, what? Flesh, I shall, I shall see God. And so face to face, we'll see him. And I, I don't know if you've thought about that, contemplated upon meditated upon it. That's going to be an awesome time, isn't it? That's just a reality check. <laughs> big, big, like we've never had before. <clears throat> Romans 14 and verse 10, there, it's, there it speaks about the, the um, <clears throat> believer being separate. And I had a tag in that and it's gone. <laughs> but Romans chapter 14, verse 10 and 12. And it says there, there it is, it tags in the middle of the page. <laughs> Why does the judge your brother? Why do you set your brother at naught? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Something that happens immediately after we see the Lord face to face is that we will be judged for what we've done, how we've done it, why we've done it, more so than what we've done. And every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. It's a sobering thought. For we shall see him as he is. Right now it's through the word we see him. Then it will be face to face. And how does one become like the Lord Jesus Christ? Because that's what he wants us to become through our Christian life. It's through the study of the scriptures. Looking at him through the word. Not looking at television or reading worldly things. And, and today with the internet and all the things that are on them on that. Um, <clears throat> contemplating the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his appearance and facing him face to face, face to face. So that's a reason to be like we should be. In the next verse it says that, as we've read it earlier, this is over in First huh, John, not First Corinthians, I get these, got the Bible in the wrong spot, I'll put it up the top here. John Chapter 3, and every man that hath this, this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. The purity required of believers. So verse 1 looked at the past, explain, explaining the privileges received by the believer. Verse 2 looks at the future, the anticipation and the prospect of being with him. And the present, we are to focus on the life that we are to be living now. Every man that hath this purifieth himself. The constituents of whom this purity is required, who should be concerned about living a pure life? Well, of course, every man that hath this hope in him. You know what? A lot of churches don't preach the hope, the blessed hope that Titus talks about. They don't preach that. And so they don't have that anticipation and their constituents or the people of the, who should be of the book don't know about it. And they're not prepared and they don't have that hope. And uh, we, you know, we expect our leaders, our Christian leaders, to be examples. But all believers are to be pure. Is not that true? Because we are all going to face him one day. Um, <clears throat> whether a leader or in the laity, 
in the people. That laity thing is a bit churchy, isn't it? But it tells us in Peter, and chapter 3, 2 Peter, seeing then that these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy living and godliness? That's what we ought to be like. And verse 13 and 14 of the same chapter say a similar thing. Hope, earnest expectation of a earnest expectation of a future certainty. It's not like I hope it'll happen. We know it's going to happen. It's a future certainty. Certainty. Um, <clears throat> the uncertainty connected with hope in the scripture has to do with the time and not the truth of him coming, whether or not he will come or not. It's to do with the time. Um, what, what would all Christians, believers, love to happen in their lifetime if they know the truth? For him to come, as these verses talk about, the hope that we would happen, ha have it happen in our life. I don't know that we've all considered that, and I think we would have here, but a lot of people don't. What will I be doing when he comes? Where will I be? <laughs> will we be sleeping? Will we be, we be awake? Will we be witnessing, testifying? meditating on him and so these are the constituents of whom this purity is required and the character of the purity required in verse 3 the second part of it purifieth himself is this salvation or is this sanctification sanctification because if we are purifying ourselves and that has to do with salvation that means we're saved by doing something no, it's not talking about that. It's talking about sanctification. The present tense indicates this is a continuous purification for the glory of God in our lives. All the time. Seeking to walk with him and as he walked. In 1 Corinthians 6.11 And such were some of you, but now ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. <clears throat> so there is this positional purity at salvation, this progressive purity that we're speaking about here. He purifieth himself, as it tells us in this verse. Purifieth himself. First, or the Gospel of John, chapter 13. And verse 10. And this is speaking to Peter, well, the Lord speaking to Peter. And he said, uh, you know, I'll wash your feet. And Peter said, no. And Jesus said unto him, a little bit later on, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but he that is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all of you. And so one word washed there is luo, having a total bath, and the second wash to wash, save to wash his feet, is a nipto, hand and feet wash. And that's in John 13 and verse 10. So washed, number one, taking a bath, a luo. Wash, number two, to wash, nipto, hands and feet. Daily cleansing. We soil ourselves. <laughs> Reminds me of the study in our evening classes, soiled. To get soiled, but that's getting soiled in the word of God. This is soiling ourselves in the word in the world that we live in, the things we hear, the things we see, soil us. And we need to go to the Lord and First John confess our sins and get right with him. 
and be sanctified. The daily sins picked up from life's pathway. Um, <clears throat> you ever been in such a rush when you're going to church or going out to something? You come home soiled and you give a bit of a nip-toe, just wash your face and bits that can be seen and then put clothes over the rest of it? Haven't had to do that? <laughs> Sometimes there's been such a short time to get ready in, in times past that you have a bit of a nip-toe but you know you're not as you should be. And when we as Christians meet the Lord, I pray that we're not in that fashion, covering it up, clothing it over. But we have not taken... Um, <clears throat> we've taken the bath, but we've done a nipto to wash our, our hands and our feet from the daily contamination. The criteria for the purity required is given in verse 3. Even as he is pure, how holy is the Lord... How clean is the Lord? Absolute holiness. Absolute perfection. And God wants us to progressively become that way. How clean is clean? <laughs> you ask the children to wash and clean up something, they do a nipto on it. <laughs> they do a, a little bit of a gloss over, a smudging of it. But that's not what God wants, is it? And... <clears throat> We can often compare ourselves among ourselves. And, some, and, and, and doing that, we'll say, oh, not bad. I'm pretty good. <laughs> you know, as compared with, we won't say anybody's name, but, you know, brother or sister so-and-so, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty holy. I'm pretty clean. Uh, no, we shouldn't be doing that. As he is pure, as Christ is pure, not Peter, not Paul, not one of the apostles, but as Christ himself is pure. As 2 Corinthians 10.12 says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That's what Paul said. We're not wise if we do a comparison. Now, yes, we are to be an example. Yes, we're to set that for the younger people, the older people, and younger people for other younger people to set an example. But to compare ourselves is not wise because that's not perfection as we're living in this life. We need to compare ourselves with the Lord. First Peter 1, 15 and 16, But as he who hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself as he, the Lord, is pure. <clears throat> now, this has all to do with sanctification, doesn't it? Being sanctified. So when, when, when were we positionally sanctified? When were, were we positionally set apart for the Lord? When we're saved. Upon salvation. And that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 11 that says this but first Corinthians six nine and that and know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God then it goes through a list of sins that people commit thieves, robbers and so forth. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you, but ye are washed. But ye are sanctified 
but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. That's at salvation. We are positionally taken out of the world and we're put into Christ and we become his sons. And it's also mentioned in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 and 11. Set apart. And then what we're talking about tonight and what John is talking about in 1 John 3, 3 is progressively being sanctified by the work of the Spirit through the Scriptures. John 17, 7 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. If we're not in the word, if we're not reading the word, if we're not meditating upon the word, if a verse of Scripture is not going around in our minds often during the day, are we being progressively sanctified? How can we be if we're not in the word? Do you wake up with a song or a verse or a scripture going around in your head? It's good. <laughs> you wake, wake up okay, that one's... It, it didn't start with my dreams, and I don't think so. It started when I woke up, and it, it had something that... It's like a record, not a broken record, <laughs> but it's going round and round and repeating. And you know, what are you, what are you trying to teach me here, Lord? Because there's something I need to get from what you brought to my mind at this time. Um, <clears throat> Romans chapter six, book of Romans chapter six, verse nineteen says this: "I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity." of your flesh we we all have that infirmity with your flesh and the, you know the tempts us to sin for as ye have in, yielded your members servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity as unsaved people well, that's what we did even so now yield ye your members servants to righteousness unto holiness you used to do that now we do this as christians in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. Progressively being sanctified. It, the New Testament, and almost every book of the New Testament, touches on this subject of being progressively sanctified. It's always going on. We might have some dips down, but we are progressively growing closer to the Lord. <clears throat> First, Second Corinthians chapter three verse eighteen says, "But we, with all with open face, behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into that same image, from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God." And so, <clears throat> this is something that we could put to First John three three: Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Now I know here we probably. Well, I know I preach a lot on the Lord's coming and meeting him face to face. And people say, well, that's prophecy. But the effect it should have in a Christian's life is that we live a pure life and we become more like the Lord. We're ready to meet him when he comes. Thessalonians 5, 23, 24. We are progressively being sanctified. Positional, progressive. And what's the one we're all looking forward to when he comes? Permanent. Did I hear Brother Doug say? Yeah. <laughs> Permanent sanctification. Complete sanctification. In other words, use different words. When he appears. And that's in the verses we're looking at, first John three, one to three. In Jude, I've written Jude verse twenty four and twenty five down. 
Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Falling into what? Sin. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. (laughs) And so, yes, we are to be permanently sanctified one day when he comes. Are we ready for when he comes? Ephesians 5.27, talking about the church and the likeness between a husband and wife, that he might present it, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but should be holy and without blemish. I know it's not in the context, but you think of the verse in in the book of Matthew there where the Lord come to the wedding and there was a man found without the garment on. He said what? Grab him hand and foot, bind him and throw him out. Throw him out. He's not got any place there. When the church is raptured, and taken into his presence and permanently sanctified what a day it will be and we'll have that new body and clothed with the the garment of righteousness on that day so there's some thoughts from from that verse Um, we'll go move on next week from that